0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory.
1: Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at Remax One Hundred, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host today. Thanks for being with us. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show usually next to Josh Gregory, but he's out today. Just me and Kevin Corhorn, certified financial
0: planner and founder of Corhorn Financial Group. So have you ever wondered if there are some financial secrets that people use to get ahead and that you could be using to make more progress in your financial life? So what... What it, what, is, what do the rich people know that I don't know? So many people spend... It's like the Holy Grail. They spend so much time and energy searching for that. Right. This, what is this get-rich uh, strategy, this idea? And certainly my financial advisor would have a copy of the teacher's book that's got the answers in the back of it, uh, just like the math books used to. That's right. But researchers uh, have studied the habits of self-made millionaires, and they found some surprising similarities and so we'll tell you what they found coming up on this episode of wise money that's right all right if you have a question
1: folks it's always your show we want to hear from you we want to talk about what you're thinking about you can connect with us in several ways wisemoneyradio.com you can submit a question right there revamped website on in the works uh you can also catch up on previous episodes right there as well give us a call send us a text 574-222-2000 and lastly, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Wise Money Radio. Every episode is on the YouTube channel. You can check it out that way. I prefer to catch up on the show that way. I I must admit, I enjoy watching it. So I listen to every show to see okay, how can we improve? What could we do better? And I like watching it on YouTube. So
0: it is. It's a little more interesting somehow. That's right. Hey, how you feeling? Still sick? Uh, uh it, like uh, Middle Eastern food. <laughs> I feel (laughs) awful. Feel awful? Well, hey, with Josh being out, I appreciate you still doing this, even though... I'm glad to be here. All right.
1: So, hey, so Kevin and I ran across this research at the exact same time. I was doing research in the evening and ran across this article and sent myself the email. And when I got to the office the next day, I looked, and Kevin had sent me the same research within five minutes of me sending it to myself. So very interesting. We've got to talk about it on the show. And as Kevin mentioned a few moments ago, I'm assuming you have because I have. Have you ever wondered, are there some secrets, some financial techniques or secrets that the self-made millionaires follow or the really rich people follow that you should be following? And and folks, interesting, we are gonna dive into that today. There's been some research uh, that shows there are similarities in what the self-made millionaires do. All right. Thomas C. Corley, I think is how I, uh, I'm pronouncing that correctly, spent five years interviewing what he calls rich people. And he found out there are really two types of self-made millionaires, those who took a unique risk. And what I mean by that is they were entrepreneurial. They started a business. They gambled in some way. All right. That, and, and then, so those are the risk takers, but then there were also those who were self-made millionaires by just displaying good habits over time. He found that those people that had good habits tended to do a lot of the same things, and he broke them down to, hey, these are the seven habits that people do and that you can do to get rich. So before we launch into those, Kevin, in your 22 plus years of financial planning, the folks that have come to see you that have
0: done it right... Would you Mm -hmm. say they have certain things in common well it I I would boil it down and before I even get into that so we're talking about getting rich and um, I like to give this disclaimer I mean if you if you can hear this today you are an image bearer of the Most High God so your value is already established Um, the amount of money in your bank account does not increase or decrease your value whatsoever. So why so why do we talk about being rich? Well, money uh, it gives you opportunity. So the more money I have, the more different opportunities I might have. Mm-hmm. So when I sit down and meet with folks and they say, "Well, you know, we're going for 3 weeks to England and Ireland and Scotland." with uh, some other couples that we used to work with, I think, well, yeah, they've got some keys to unlock the door to uh, really cool opportunities that other folks don't have. And it's not just about experiences, folks, or luxuries, opportunities
1: like, hey, someone has gotten sick, and I can change my income or the amount that I work in order to care for them, or I myself have gotten sick, and I can adapt, or someone's in need, and I can give more, or I can be there for them. It's not just opportunities. Like you know, I can have a little bit more fluff in my life. Now, some of it is a very heartfelt, meaningful adjustments that you can make
0: when you've got opportunities. Right, and I and so I would start out by saying, after that disclaimer, I'd say, Mike, you talked about two different camps. One is the folks that took a risk, and the other is the folks that displayed good habits over time. And I would uh, I would add to that the folks that took a risk, also had to have some good habits, because if you're just a risk taker, there, are, there's no shortage of broke risk takers. Oh my goodness, absolutely right. So you're a risk taker and you have good habits or you display good habits over time, but if you said to me, we and we, we would say coachable and goal-oriented are the two key things that are important, but I think the other thing that's really important is that people don't start out saying, I want to be rich. And rich is what I'm trying to achieve. Most folks start out saying, I want to have a good life, and I want to live by a set of principles that will protect me, that will protect my family, and for the most most part will make me bulletproof. Not necessarily make me bomb-proof, but they will make me bulletproof. So I need some rails to run on. And so what we do as financial planners is we connect the seemingly unconnected parts of people's financial lives to be able to maximize what they can do. Mm. And I was just out meeting with some business owners, and we talked about their uh, buy-sell. Well, that's still with the attorney. Well, how long has that been with the attorney? Well, it's been with the attorney for years. Well, why is it not done yet? And so our job is not to make people feel bad about stuff, but it's to encourage them to do stuff they want to get done anyway. Mm. And when they're not getting it done to kind of pound on them with the velvet hammer to encourage them to do it. And one of the things that I think was really important was I said, well, do you have your own personal website that has all of your financial life connected that on a moment by moment basis, you can look at that, see what your financial life looks like and make great decisions. And they looked at me like I had a third eye in the middle of my forehead, which that I'm used to that look. <laughs> um, but I, I do think, really, if you said to me, what are the stories or what are the habits? The habits are seeking professional advice, getting your financial life organized so that you've got clarity, confidence, and creativity And due to our sweet friend, Carol Ann, the fourth C would be calm. Calmness. When we started working with her, she said, hey, I need some help, and how do I get that? And she saw that in working together, she could be calm. Mm. I have to read something here
1: as we we are about to launch into these seven habits— that this researcher found were uh, the, that self-made millionaires had in common. I've got to, I've got to read this, folks. It's just so good. This is from Thomasy e. Corley's research, and, and what he wrote up. He said, "Self-made millionaires that are savers accumulate their wealth by living below their means, saving money, and then investing that money prudently." According to my research, this path to multimillionaire status takes about 32 years savers typically are risk averse employed most of their life and have a lower moderate standard of living self-made millionaire savers were among the least wealthy in my study so folks of the folks he studied he saw that these that these folks were on the lower end but their habits still got them there he said with an average net worth of 3.4 million here's the punchline but being a saver is the risk-free way to build wealth it's the safe path to wealth accumulation it takes discipline diligence adherence to a low to modest lifestyle folks can i just tell you let me see if there no can i just tell you (laughs) that's the american dream i don't care where you are right now it takes 32 years takes a long time just work full time Live below the amount that you're earning and save the difference and be disciplined with it, folks. That will take you wherever you are right now to millionaire status. That is my testimony that my grandpa- that my parents did and my grandparents started. This is, it, folks, this is revolutionary. So I'm excited to share these seven habits with you, these principles. We've got so much more to talk about here. A lot coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: Hello, folks. Mike Bernard, Kevin Corhorn here in the KFG studios. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I'm so glad to have you with us. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern & Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the Wise Money Show Oh, folks, we are talking about some uh, incredible stuff. We found some research out there, talked about the habits that self-made millionaires have in common and how you can leverage those to get you from wherever you are to wherever you want to go. If you have a question, reach out to us, 574-222-2000 or wisemoneyradio.com. Lastly, Check us out. This website or this <laughs> this show is airing on YouTube right now. So check us out that way as well. All right, folks. Thomas C. Corley had studied what he called rich people. Don't really even know what that means. I don't think he defines them. And he found that self-made millionaires had seven habits that they used to build wealth. and And I just need to restate something as we launch into these seven habits. This is directly from his research self-made millionaire savers accumulate their wealth by living below their means they save money and invest the money prudently his research found that this path to multimillionaire status takes about 32 years and he says it's the risk-free way of building wealth anyone can do it i don't care where you start so let me just touch on that for a little bit so i'm a huge hockey fan red wings fan boo black hawks and when they were a when they were in dynasty stat dynasty status one uh, they had steve Eisenman, they have sergei fedorov they had some talent but then they had the grind line chris draper okay they had the grind line that we, what many would argue won them those championships over the years folks having long-term financial sec, fi- financial success is a grind it's going to take 32 years of the right habits over and over and over and over again but you can do it the united states of america is still one of the only places where you can start in poverty and end in millionaire status just by doing the right things in a
0: generation in a generation in most places in the world your status is determined by what you were born into and that and and that will not change your entire lifetime that is the that's one of the most amazing things about living in the greatest country in the world
1: that you know and folks this is my testimony my folks both of my folks grew up poor they they grew up poor my mom as a kid was, was my my grandpa worked hard and did everything he could but they were poor and my dad as well i've never had to experience that because of the discipline that my folks did over decades as they became young adults, they both worked and they saved and so on, and so I've never had to live that life. Folks, you can do it, you can do it. So what did they do? I'm assuming you're thinking these secrets are, they found the right stock, or they they somehow found the next Amazon before it was Amazon. We'll dive in and, and tell you what it is. So the very first habit that this research found, they established savings goals, savings goals early in life, So this touches on two really important things as we break this down. One, they established goals. Kevin mentioned a certified financial planner, your certified financial planner, should give you clarity, confidence, creativity, and calm. Okay? The creativity is helping you articulate what your goals should be and then the confidence that this is what it's gonna to take to reach them. So savings goals, you need to have written financial goals. And then second, starting
0: early in life. Yeah, and I when if you go back to the, the savings goals and starting early, I believe that when you're born in the hospital, they give you a shot. They, and they have two choices. They give you the saver shot or they give you the spender shot. And I just go back to the tale of two brothers. My brother was 18 months older than me. We were born into the same family, into the same household. And we would go in town and rake leaves for this lady, and she would give us each $10 after we finished the entire yard. Geez, back then that must have felt like a million bucks. It, I'm it, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take me 32 years to get my million. There you go. So I, the, I couldn't wait, and my brother couldn't wait. We were so excited, and I ran home, and I had a place in my closet where I saved money and accumulated money, and my brother spent it, and he could not wait to spend it. He just he wanted to spend it even before it even hit his his sweaty little poem. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening to this and you're and you find yourself in that, you say, yeah, I'm a saver. I get much more joy in saving. The reason why you would work with a, fi- a certified financial planner is to say, okay, how do you take your good habit that's already instinctive? Instinctively, you get more joy from saving than you do from spending. How do you take that and leverage that? to go farther than you ever thought that you could yeah faster than you ever thought that you could and if you're not if you're the guy that's that identifies with ken jr and you say yeah that that's me actually i boy as soon as i uh, you know i've i've actually got my next uh, 18 months of paychecks already spent um i'm just working to get those to uh, they're gonna it's gonna pass through my hands and get to the rightful owner of that money i would say that's why You need to work with a certified financial planner.
1: You can get there too, folks, but you need to have added discipline. You need to have added structure that
0: most likely you would just not get there on your own. Right. Right. So that's why I have a trainer. Yeah. And four days a week, my trainer is waiting for me at the gym. And I can tell you this, if my trainer- Is that
1: because you're late
0: every day? (laughs) (laughs) Kevin is not known for his punctuality. Uh, no, uh, my uh early is on time <laughs> as me and Vince used to say. <laughs> okay,
1: uh, folks, uh speaking of goals, just to inject what your your goals are personal to you, okay? But but so 94%, this is the research. 94% of self-made millionaires became rich by saving at least 20% or more of their net income. When I first started, I had this goal. Kevin gave it to me. You should be saving 15% of every paycheck. Bam. That's what I've done. Like Elmer, bam. That's what I've done. 15%, that's for retirement and I'm saving for other goals as well. We gotta gotta hustle this good stuff. The second finding that the research showed that all self-made millionaire savers had in common is they were frugal. Now, what does he mean by frugal? Because some of you just tuned me out and said, oh, have no fun. 67% of the rich that he found in this study were frugal to them. Frugal meant spending money wisely and then this is where he said most of the people he studied were raised by poor parents so folks this comes back to in my opinion having the right structure in your financial life so you know what you can say yes to and what you should say no to i would say i'm frugal I just did a Wise Money Minute on on the morning show uh, a few weeks ago about how recently I splurged. I bought new hockey gloves. At a boy. And you'd think, oh, it must be because you're playing hockey. Nope, <laughs> nope. I'm not playing hockey. However, when I do, when my kids are playing, my gloves are 15 years old. They are falling apart. There's no palm left in them. And so I've had this. On my Christmas list for a while, and we were at the store, and I saw them, and I'm <laughs> these were the nicest hockey gloves ever. I don't splurge on a hundred dollar on and a big purchase like that ever. However, folks, I knew I've got my budget is incorporated with my big long term financial goals, and those are on autopilot, so I can be frugal in my and my the rest of my life and make um, s- purchases for a lot of needs and some wants as well, and
0: do it within a good structure. Yeah, and I think you have to have some self-awareness there and say, where, where do I get satisfaction? And if, if your satisfaction and your joy comes from buying things for yourself, this is where you need added external um, discipline. And discipline sounds like a bad word, so let's let's call it accountability. But you can – so this is what I would think. You have two choices. You can spend a little today – or you can position yourself to spend a lot later. Yeah. So I go back to Ken Jr., and he talked about, hey, let's buy a plane. And I said, Ken, I'm not going to buy a plane because I've got certain goals that I'm working towards. And he said, why are you working towards those goals? What happens if you died tomorrow? And I said, well, if I died tomorrow, my wife – and we didn't have kids at the time – my wife would be well taken care of. Yeah. That's There's not a ton of downside to that. But that, to him – didn't make any sense because he was living for what can I do that will bring me pleasure this afternoon. That's right. Not what will bring me pleasure in the future. Yeah. Folks, we are diving
1: into what research what research has found the seven habits are that all self-made millionaires have in common so that you're equipped with these habits and these tools to get there yourself. Here's my question, what lifestyle creep? interesting question. (laughs) I know that guy. Okay. Yep. We've got that answer and a lot more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Hello
1: folks, Mike Bernard, Kevin Corhorn here in the KFG studios. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with REMAX 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. If you've missed anything, several ways to connect with us or follow up. First, wisemoneyradio.com, submit a question and catch up on previous episodes right there. Also, episodes are going up on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, at Wise Money Radio. Catch us there. Lastly, podcast, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. And if you have a question, I mentioned you could put it on the website. Also, 574-222-2000, call or text. So Thomas C. Corley, I believe, is how you pronounce his name, did some research and found that for self-made millionaires, most of them lived modest lifestyles, saved over long-term 32 years. Most of them came from poor or lower middle-class families, and they had seven things in common, seven habits, seven secrets, and we're going to, we are breaking them down for you. We've covered the first two, have a savings goal and start early. Second, be frugal, but he defined that a little bit differently. The third habit that he found is avoid lifestyle creep. We've talked about that on the show before. Actually, folks, I thought I coined this term. <laughs> I really I really did. I've been talking about lifestyle creep for about 10 years because what I've noticed is as we're helping folks with their retirement plan in particular, saving up for retirement and so on, you go through these phases, all right? You go through the phase where you're having kids, the phase where you're raising the kids, the phase when you're getting them through college, and then all of a sudden empty nester and you have a lot more disposable income. And guess what can happen, folks? All of a sudden, your lifestyle creeps up and mm-hmm. rises to fit this added freedom, and then guess what doesn't work? Your retirement goal. Because you've been planning for retirement to spend this much, say you know, five grand or six grand, and all of a sudden, the kid expenses are off your budget and you're living on seven or eight, and it feels good. And now right. that means you have a need to have a lot more saved up for retirement. So the self-made millionaires avoided this lifestyle creep that, as their income went up, their expenses went up in lockstep.
0: Right. So the a lot of times the expenses expand to fill up whatever the income is, mm-hmm. and so you want to avoid that. And and the point that's made in the article here is, um, you know, if you hit a bump in the road and you need to sell things, you're going to sell them for pennies on the dollar which is why I loved playing the game of Monopoly with my children. So if they bought a house for $150, when they sold it back to the bank, they got $75 for that. Yeah. And that is a, that's a great lesson because I think most of what you need to learn about operating in the, in the game of life, you can learn from the game of Monopoly. Not the game of life. Not the actual game of life, but the, <laughs> but the game of life. So I think that's important to know. And and the other thing is if you have – if we go back to number one and it says, hey, they've got savings goals. If you have savings goals and your income increases or you have some other um, found money, if you know in advance what the plan is, it's easy to stay on the plan. Yeah. If you don't, that's where you can create something that could really uh, be a showstopper. Uh, you could create an expense that you, you, you could afford at the time things change and you can't afford it. And the unwinding process is terrible. You
1: know, and folks, I'm guilty of this too, but what I've seen, the biggest lifestyle creep um, – where it comes from. As your income goes up, your expenses go up. That's lifestyle creep. You've got to try and contain that. The biggest one that I've seen is with your house. And yeah. I'm guilty of this too, folks. The interesting thing about your housing expense is it's tied to so many other expenses, property taxes, insurance, furniture, utilities. I mean, there's a lot of things, the paint and all of these things that that just trickle down from this house decision. So the research said, and he quoted, same house, same spouse, same car. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's interesting, folks. So just just be mindful of that and avoid the risk, the challenge of lifestyle creep because it will get in the way of your path to financial success and becoming a self-made millionaire. The fourth one is also extremely interesting. So again, we're unpacking the seven habits that all self-made millionaires had in common. The fourth one is, They make their money invisible. So what does he mean by that? As soon as they make it, they put it away and put it to work for them immediately. Before you even see it in your checking account, before you're tempted to spend it, you automate your savings. Kevin taught me this as well, that pay yourself first. You've all heard that term. That's what this means.
0: Yep. And it's interesting because when you look and you say, and we have this saying around Corcoran Financial Group, what makes someone successful? What makes someone successful is their habits. Mm -hmm. And actually, your habits could make you not successful as well. But if you said, this person has achieved success, however success is defined in this area, it's because of their habits. And their habits are what made them successful. So when you look at that and you say, financially, if I want to be financially successful, I need to put it on autopilot. I need to not make a decision every two weeks about how much I will save, where I will save it, what will happen to it. I need to work with a financial planner and make sure your financial planner is certified. So you're working with a certified financial planner to decide where the money is going. And we were just working with some folks and um, they had an investment advisor, I think is what they called him. And they said, well, you know, after two hours talking about their tax situation and their cash flow and everything else and they're in the 28% tax bracket plus state, I said, hey, it probably doesn't make sense in your situation to be contributing to a Roth 403B which was their situation Mm -hmm. and they said, well, that's strange because at our last meeting with our investment advisor, he said we need to put more money into the Roth Mm -hmm. and Their investment advisor was certain, I'm sure, was well-intentioned. He just didn't operate outside of the vacuum. Yeah. So inside of a vacuum, you'd say, well, sure, it makes a lot of sense. If you look at the six areas of financial planning and take tax planning into consideration, you'd say, hey, I need to make sure, even if I'm on autopilot, that I'm putting my autopilot savings into the right type of an account. You got it. You got it. it j- just automating your savings isn't enough. And, and, and
1: you know, this principle reminds me of, of a few things. Your big goals, folks, are your big rocks. Before you put the gravel, the sand, and the water into that cylinder, identify what your, big's ro- your big rocks are and allocate money to those first putting it on autopilot. So your retirement, maybe college is a big goal, building up an emergency fund and do that automated. But the second thing, folks, there are expenses, things that you're going to spend money on that you don't spend every single month. It's a big goal of yours, but you've got to be setting money aside so that you're ready to spend that money or take on that project when that occurs. So Christmas, birthdays, vacations, those sorts of things, you need to automate all of those as well. So hopefully your certified financial planner is helping you with that. We've got a full system here at KFG called the Budget Wise Process that we help people do that as well. That ties right in line. We're going to introduce this fifth habit as well. It falls right in line with the fifth one and that is self-made millionaires all had in common that they keep their expenses low. Now, isn't that interesting? You'd think, you'd think self-made millionaires, oh, they display their wealth. They've got the Jaguar's and no offense to anyone driving a Jaguar right now but they've got they've flaunt this wealth and nope they keep their expenses low. They they very they are very intentional about managing their
0: expenses. They very they typically live very simply, very humbly, which fits very well in the Midwest. Yeah. It it is truly the
1: the millionaire next door is uh, one of my favorite books. Kevin introduced me to that. But folks, we see it we see it all the time. Um, the other principle that this touches on is having a budget. Having a budget allows you to allocate how much money do you want to spend in these particular categories. And then if you're focused on your budget and then what you're actually spending, you can see, okay, is something creeping up and how can we manage things to keep
0: the expenses lower? Yeah, we got to break out these percentages because I I love looking at these as my son is going to be... Uh, hopping out of the nest in, yep. in less than a year and we're working with him on his budget these are fantastic
1: so more to come here on how to keep your expenses low as well as habit six and seven and putting it all together so much more to come here on wise money with core financial group
0: This is Wise
1: Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Mike Bernard, Kevin Corhorn here in the KFG studios. So glad you're with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Folks, if you've missed anything, you can find Catch up on everything you missed in a couple of different ways. Wisemoneyradio.com. All the previous episodes are right there. It, every episode's podcast as well. So iTunes, Google Play, and plus we set up the YouTube channel. Lots of folks are watching it online at wise money Radio on YouTube. If you have any questions, wisemoneyradio.com or call or text 574-222-2000. Have you ever wondered... If there are secrets out there that certain people follow to go from rags to riches, for lack of a better term, that folks put in place to become self-made millionaires, and while we're all drawn to that idea, well, they played the lottery really well, or they were really good gamblers, or they found the hot stock, nope, folks, they had seven habits in common. And we've gone through the first four. We're in the middle of the fifth one. We're rounding it out, all right? This fifth one is they keep their expenses low. Talked about the benefit of having a budget. Well, what sort of structure should you have to your budget? What sort of boundaries?
0: Yeah, I'm always curious when there's a study and it says these types of things, and I, I'm interested in numbers. They don't translate very well on the radio, but I the, the number that I really like is 32. So... Your age, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, times point five. So I think the um, <laughs> I, I, I think um, thirty-two years is what it's going to take you to get there. So you have to have a powerful vision. But you say, well, what about this afternoon? What can I do this afternoon? And I say, well, update that budget. And where where should what? Give me a range. Help me help me with this. Okay, housing. Your net that comes into the household. Mm-hmm. So you your should, take-home pay. Your take-home pay. You shouldn't spend any more than 25% of that on housing. Yeah. And if you're looking to win, if you say, hey, I'm a gamer. I like to play games, and I like to win. I'm competitive. All right. Try and get that lower than 25. Mm-hmm. The lower, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it needs to work for your family, but I would do that.
1: What about, this is the the budget killer. I usually say pets are the budget killer, but uh, going out to eat. So here's uh, another game to play. Don't spend more than 15% of your net monthly take home on food. That's groceries and going out to eat. Less than or equal to 15%. Yeah, one
0: way you can do that is use the envelope system. Love it. And put that number in there and go to the store and spend only that. And when the money's gone, the money's gone. Yeah, that's right. So,
1: what about 10% of your net take home on entertainment? So, going bowling, going to the movies, uh, you know, going out with friends, that sort of thing. 10%. That's a good guardrail to have in your life.
0: Yep, I like it. And when you look at your auto loans, auto leases, auto expenses, 5% of your monthly net pay. Yep. So do not exceed that. It's tempting, especially if you're just graduating from college and you just got your first job and you say, hey, I want to get this really cool car because all my friends have one. And we're going to be talking about that too. But 5%. That's that is your guideline. And so you might look at your situation today and say, "Hey, I don't fit in these guidelines." That's not a problem. These are th- this is these are measurements for you to strive for to work towards. So I look at your vector. Are you moving in the right direction? That's so right. we want to make sure directionally you're correct and elevation. Is correct as well the last one it
1: says don't spend more than five percent of your annual pay on vacations now for all of you mathematicians out there if you if you follow 25 plus 15 plus 10 that doesn't add up to 100. yeah folks the, the way to get there is you live below your means and you save the difference so that was one of the first habits and so um those are good guidelines i didn't have those when i was first building my budget and now from practice and practice and practice things are, are kind of in place but if you're just starting Use those guidelines. That's great. The sixth habit of self-made millionaires, millionaires they avoid spendthrift friends. Kevin, you and I need to have a talk after this. <laughs> this is interesting, though. One of the hallmarks of self-made millionaires is the conscious effort they make to, associ- to associate themselves with like-minded individuals. Kevin brought up the idea of having the flashy car. If all of your friends are displaying their wealth. You're gonna think, well, they must have a lot, but you're gonna be tempted to display your wealth as well. And guess what folks, from seeing a whole bunch, a whole bunch of financial situations and how people look on the outside, what's on the inside is usually very different. Not all the time, but it can be
0: very different. I'd make a distinction here as well. Mike, you talked about displaying your wealth. I talk about living in your wealth and driving your wealth. I don't have a problem with that. I think what you have to guard against is displaying the bank's wealth. Mm. Because if you're driving the flashy car and you're living in a great house because you can afford it, that's one thing. But if you're driving a fancy car and living in a great house because you can afford the monthly payment, that's another thing altogether.
1: Wow. That's a great distinction. I, I, you're absolutely right. Hopefully, folks that resonates and and hits home. Um, and who knows? In your current group of friends, you might you might look around and say, "I'm I'm different." Well, maybe you can. This is your opportunity to lead and yeah. in, and in, invite those friends into a book study about, you know, budgeting or something like that. Pretty soon we're going to be having Wise Money Universities where we're doing budgeting classes and so on. Invite your friends to that. Let's build some new habits together.
0: Yeah, and so I would say don't don't have the flashy house or the flashy car when you still have student loans. That's mm-hmm. a simple guideline that you that should be easy to follow. The seventh habit
1: that the researchers have found all self-made millionaires have in common. Now, this one on the surface is is interesting, Kevin. I'm gonna have you explain it. They
0: marry well. Yeah, there you go. So I I will I'll read it and then I will add my commentary. So you know, one of the reasons self-made millionaires are millionaires is they marry well. They find a spouse who shares their money values and money habits. Because they're on the same page when it comes to money, they function as a very efficient team when it comes to saving money, spending money, and investing their money. See, that's
1: different than what you first, I first think of when they marry well, I think they marry up. No, folks, it's talking about marrying someone who has similar value as you and being an
0: efficient team. Right. And so a lot of times when you look at that in a marriage, there it typically falls on one person or the other. The so, blame? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and the responsibility oh, the responsibility for, for, for dealing with the money. and and this is where the 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 if you want to allow for intimacy in your marriage, you have to get the money piece right. that that is why I would tell you, come work with a professional that can help you get the money piece right mm-hmm. because it it isn't a great thing if only one person in the marriage knows everything about the finances and the other one doesn't. Because I've sat across the table from someone who said, I just lost my spouse. I need to know if there's enough money in the checking account for me to live and pay my bills. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, how in the world would you not know that? Mm -hmm. But I believe that there are a lot of people today that if their spouse was gone this afternoon – They wouldn't know the answer to that question. I believe there are a lot of business owners who would say, I don't know if the buy-sell agreement has been signed. I don't know if the buy-sell agreement has been funded. I don't know that that my contingencies are taken care of. So what you want to do is fix the roof while the sun's shining. Take care of these things and make sure if you have values that are very important to you that your future spouse is connected to those values and you're able to share those because if not, it's going to be some tough sledding. Not insurmountable, but it's going to be tough. If you're
1: already married and heard Kevin talk about your future spouse, no, just do that with your current spouse. Yeah, if you're already
0: married, for (laughs) sure, for sure, for sure. If you are married right now and you think money is one of your problems, it's not. It's the presenting problem. Yep. And it's it is the um, it's kind of the fruiting uh, bud yep. of a different type of problem. So it's not bad to have money problems, but it's bad to have money problems and not seek help. That the best performers have a coach.
1: So goodness, hopefully, this these seven habits were helpful. Now, th- I in my belief, the research missed a lot. You've got to do more than these seven things in order to. Um, become a, a, a financial success, however you define it. And there again, I'd point back to working with a financial coach, a certified financial planner who can help you get there. So hopefully you got a lot out of this. That is all the time we have for today, folks. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, usually Joshua Gregory and myself and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We will see you next week for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.